We want to welcome you to the 2018 Haunted American Conference. We can't believe it's here again already. Um, it seems like the year goes so fast and we spend so much time looking forward to this event and then it's here and then it seems like it's over almost immediately. Um, but we really appreciate everybody that comes. Um, my name is Troy Taylor. Um, I am the, the guy who started this thing 22 years ago. Uh, but this is Lisa next to me who has actually perfected it. I, I have to tell you, honestly, she's, yeah, she's the one who does all the work. I just come up with like ideas and go, hey, what if we did this? And then she'll go, hey, well, that's stupid. Or she will say, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Why don't you send them an email? That's kind of usually how it works. Uh, but that's how it all comes together. And... Um, Believe it or not, we uh, we always say that, you know, as we get closer to, you know, a couple years ago we had our big, we thought, 20th anniversary, this is so exciting, and now it's 22, and now next year we're going to be closer to 25, and I have no idea what we're going to do. We don't really know what we're going to do next year yet, but I will tell you that on Sunday, we'll already be planning next year's. So that's how long this thing takes to get put together. I don't know if that's because we're slow, or, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, but it is a lot of fun. We never know how we're going to top the last year's, but we feel like we always do. And uh, we'll talk about that here in just a couple of minutes. Um, but one of the things I always like to, to do when we start this off is give you something to think about for the weekend. And last year we had um, a theme that was sort of, um, what's next? Remember, I don't know how many were here last year. Yeah, how many were here last year? A lot of you were. So, yeah, so a lot of you remember that that was kind of our thing. If, what are we going to do next? What's going to be our next thing? And, um, you know, how do we move forward after all of this stuff? And for us, and I think for, for a lot of you guys, it's, you know, what do you do? You know, there's another event coming in this weird and wonderful thing that we all do. Um, and so I ask everybody, what's next? What do you want to, you know, what do you want to do the next time around? And so this time I was thinking about that. I was thinking about all the people that we had kind of charged with what's next. And I guess the next, the follow-up question was that, the next year, was what are you now prepared to do about what you want to do next? Um, I love that line, what are you prepared to do, which of course I stole from the untouchables. I'm Extra points if you know who said it. Um, but, you know, when Sean Connery asked Kevin Costner, you know, what are you going to do to get Al Capone? You know, how, how far are you willing to go? And we were thinking about that. We were, this is how we come up with this stuff. We were sitting in the office, and Lisa and I were talking, and there may have been wine involved, but I won't, I won't guarantee that. But there may have been. And we were talking about, you know, what, what is the next thing that you, you know, want to do? What's, what's the next advice? I mean, do you want to just sit and watch terrible things on TV and criticize it, because we all do that, let's be honest. Um, it, but is that all you want to do, or do you want to see if maybe what you're going to do next will be the next big thing? Because we don't ever know. Um, and that's something I've talked about for years, is this, this whole field, no matter how many years we all seem to be doing, and 22 years of a conference doesn't matter, when you're talking about a field that's less than 150 years old, which seems, well, well, that seems really old, but it's not. Not when you talk about, start talking about science or talking about a lot of other things. This is not that old of a field. So what's the next thing? I mean, do you want to, 
you know, do you want to watch these TV shows or do you want to go do something on your own? Do you want to strike out on your own? Do you want to just read the next new book? Or as I often say, better yet, write one. Every time some jerk off tells me they didn't like my last book, I'll ask them to, which happens. I mean, you know, come on. Um, it, it happens, not for everybody. And I ask them to write one. Then write one. Um, I was in a terrible movie like years ago, and I'm sure some of you have seen it. It's awful. And um, a buddy of mine used to, every time somebody would tell him, yeah, we saw Troy in that movie, I really suck. And my friend would say, yeah, but how many movies have you been in? So that's kind of the thing. I mean, you know, it was always, you know, it's easy to criticize it, and I'm the same way. It's easy to criticize something, but unless you want to go out and try it on your own, that's the next thing. That's the next thing that you're prepared to do. Do you want to try out new equipment, or do you just want to, you know, use the same old stuff that people have been arguing about? Uh, because you didn't build it, you want to see what it does for yourself. Well, that's the thing I try to push people into doing. Um, don't be content, you know, on what other people are doing. And, um, you know, that's new methods. We talked about that, too. We were talking about new methods of investigation. Or you can just sit and watch people do it on their Facebook live stream, which is fun. But if you can do it yourself, why not do it yourself? Why not try it? I mean, it, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to hurt you. I mean, well, you know, maybe. I guess it depends on what you're doing. There's so many, there's so many demons that perhaps I'll, I'll advise against that. Um, yeah, there, there probably should be. But I guess one of the things that I always say is that, you know, you have to see what's comfortable for you. How far are you going to go to see what makes you uncomfortable? Um, I mean, one of the common themes for this weekend, and we didn't actually plan it this way. I know we've done a lot of conferences with themes. We didn't actually plan death to be the theme for the weekend. It just sort of worked out that way. Um, you know, we've got a workshop on death customs. We have dead history. We've got dead rock stars. We've got black mirrors to contact the dead. We've got a dead supper. We've got two different members of the order of good death that are going to be speaking this weekend because, and we honestly did not plan it that way, as Sarah is. We didn't plan it that way, it just happened to work out that way. And I always think it was one of those things that we, we sort of laugh because death makes people uncomfortable. It just does. I mean, we had a long, I don't even know how this happened, but we had a long conversation today about what's going to happen to us, you know, what we want our bodies to be after we die. And uh, I was talking about how I wanted to be cremated and uh, Lisa said she was going to put me in a jar and then just put me in front of the TV all day because that would make me happy. And I said, but, but if I'm watching The Office for eight hours and, it, and Netflix comes on and says, are you still watching? What am I supposed to do? And she said, she said, well, you're, you'll be your, your ghost will be there, so you can just push the button. So anyway, yeah, she did ask me if I was going to be home all day to please clean up the house. So, you know, it's it's not. You know, we get it. You know, not some people are some people are uncomfortable by that. You know, and, you know, none of us really want to die, obviously. But when it comes to this field, that's one of the things about haunted history and ghosts and hauntings is that's a, obviously the biggest part of it. Death is all around us, and uh, so this is a subject that isn't for everyone. But that's, I guess, goes back to my point of. How far do you want to go till it becomes too uncomfortable for you? That's the question. So it's something to think about throughout the weekend. Um, you know, there are lots of people who come to the conference, and a lot of you come every year. And there are so many. That's what I love about the conferences. There are so many different 
feelings about what we're doing here. I mean, there are people who are here who are hardcore investigators who are super into that. There are people who are into you know, psychics and psychic readings and things. There are people who just like haunted history, and there are people who just like weird stuff, you know, and, which is pretty much all of it. You know, so I think that I've always believed that there's something for everyone at the conference, and I think that my idea for this year is to take what there is. You know, you may not agree with everything every speaker has to say. I always say that every year, um, but I also will say that for some of you who have been coming to the conference for 15 years or so, um, we, we, we have a wider variety, I think, of speakers than we've ever had, um, who all have a lot of different things to say. And so I hope that that can appeal to everybody and a little bit to everyone here. Um, so, you know, we just want your interest to go on to the next level, no matter what that level was, whether it's at the very bottom, uh, because I know that there are people here who have had, never had any kind of paranormal experience at all. I get it. Probably not a lot, but I'm sure there are a few, because there's always a few people who got drunk along to this by someone else. I, I get it. Uh, and we, we, that happens to us on tours a lot. Uh, but I think it even happens to the conference sometimes. But I also know that there are people who have been doing this for 20 years or more, longer than we've had a conference. Now, I don't mean like, you know, I've been an investigator for 25 years, as they say on TV, and they're 30 years old. I don't mean like that. I mean really people who have been doing this for a lot longer, like Barb or Renee, who have been doing this for many, many years, and have seen more things than I will probably ever see in my lifetime as far as changes in this field go. But um, anyway, I think that no matter what or how long we've been doing it, you know, I think we can go beyond what's next to what are you prepared to do next. So um, one of the things I also love about the conference is that, and I was talking to Scott Lambert, who will be up in a little while to help us with the speaker panel. And, uh, oh, there he is. I'm sitting right next to me. Um, but Scott and I were talking about how one of the things we love about the conference every year is coming, and when we leave the conference, it's really exciting when you leave, because when you leave, you're like, oh, man, this is so great. I can't wait to do something. But the problem is, is that, and sometimes I'm just as bad. I mean, this is not me pointing fingers at anybody. We leave the conference very excited over what we were doing here all weekend, and we're really going to jump into something big when we get home, and then we don't. We forget about it. It moves on. We start talking about other things. In our case, you know, Halloween comes, you know, and then you're like, oh, you know, it's all this stuff. It stops being fun and starts being, well, it's still fun, but it's, then it's a lot of work. And then it gets into winter, and no one wants to do anything in the winter. And the next thing you know, it's the conference again. So try. All I'm asking you, there, there are two things. This is the first thing I'm going to ask you to try to do this weekend when you leave here is when you go home, do something to further your interests, to explore something. It, whether it's read a book, find something, go out, do something, find a place that you've always wanted to visit, go out and do it. And so you can kind of take a little bit. Try something that someone told you about. Right, right. Try something that someone told you about here at the conference this weekend. You know, that might seem crazy, but... Who knows? You know, it might be the next big thing. So we always try to, to, to get you to do that, and I think that's something that I really want to ask you to do. I'll get to the other request in just a moment. So it's not as, it's actually harder. No, it's actually harder um, because it involves less sleep. So, but bear with me, okay? 
Um, so anyway, let's talk about this weekend's event because we have um, we have some of our returning speakers. We have a lot of new speakers. Um, we are going to be doing a lot of different stuff, and you know, a lot of the familiar stuff. Um, I'll be around all weekend. Lisa and I will be around all weekend. I'll be hosting the raffle. I'll be presenting something. Don't ask me why I chose this topic. I'll try to explain it to you tomorrow. I'm not sure I can, but I'm excited about my presentation tomorrow, and hopefully you will be too. Um, it is not based on any of my books or anything else, but it yes. was just, not yet, right, but it was a lot of fun. So um, hopefully you'll like it too, and that'll be after the raffle tomorrow. It's not something I, I usually do, but um, I will tell you that, just as a hint, um, it's curses, conspiracy, and rock and roll. And we'll just leave it at that. So anyway, um, I will not be singing, I promise, at any moment. Which is, yes, that is please applaud because that deserves a standing Yeah, that would be something a lot scarier than anything I could be talking about. So dancing might be scarier. Oh no, that would be a lot scarier. Um, okay, so tomorrow our speakers. Well, I'd love to run through our speakers and give you a little introduction. Um, and this is the second request that I had for you. Um, I try to always book a speaker that will get you out of bed on Saturday morning because here's the problem. And I gotta tell you, you guys have been great the last couple of years. We have not had an issue with this the last couple of years, but in years past, when we have our first speaker starting at like 8.45 in the morning, um, and people have been to ghost hunts or whatever the night before, they usually don't want to get up on Saturday morning. And I, I, I can remember the sad days of having speakers up here and there would be like 12 people sitting out. And as, the, as the, the, the presentation goes on, people trickle in. And it's just always so sad. So I try to start booking someone who will get you out of bed in the morning. So I, that didn't sound good at all because I booked Sherry Bray first and everybody loves Sherry. And um, so Sherry is going to be, she is kind of our, one of our ongoing conference speakers. We just kind of, with her and Rosemary, we just sort of keep rotating them out, um, flipping, flopping them for year to year. And so we've had her and a, and a few others who have been coming and doing something every year, whether it's speaking or a, a, or a workshop or whatever. That because, exactly, that she always has so much to offer, and um, she's going to be speaking about haunted cemeteries and graves and gravestones, and tomorrow night she'll be doing a workshop on dowsing and pendulums, so if you didn't sign up for that, you still can. We have a few spots left, but I cannot, I cannot help you with that, but Julie can. Julie! So, Julie, back there in the back door uh, is the... If you're interested in any of the after-hour events you didn't get in on, if you want to get on a waiting list or you just want to do one, talk to Julie. She can help you with it. Um, after Julie is um, my friend Jennifer Jones. After Sherry. What did I say? After Julie? Julie? Oh, sorry. Julie, after Sherry. No, Julie is not speaking. After Sherry is Jennifer Jones. And um, I, I actually met Jennifer the way I actually met Sherry in the first place is we had talked to each other for a long time. We never actually met. You guys know what that's like, right, with all of this stuff. And so I got to know Jennifer that way, and I, I just asked her, I said, you should come to the conference. You should do something because she really delves into haunted history stuff, which is a passion of mine, and I know a lot of you. And uh, she also was from Utah, which is an 
place I used to live, and I just we just kind of hit it off. And so she is going to be great, and she will be at her table at the vendor's room all weekend, but she will be presenting tomorrow morning as well, followed by, of course, Rosemary. Um, and for those of you who have ever been at the conference in the past, you know Rosemary. I'm not sure how many times she's come, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's been here at least the last 20 years. Um, no, I think she's still at her table. Um, but Rosemary is, um, I, I was going to introduce Rosemary as someone that you've never heard of, someone new to the paranormal scene, but I thought there'll be three people in here who didn't know Rosemary and then would not understand. So um, actually, Rose, it is a dad joke, you're right. <laughs> yeah. um, but Rosemary is, as, as I always, always say, Rosemary is A to Z. Angels and zombies and everything in between. She can tell you something about everything. And in fact, Scott and I were just talking about that. They, Ghostly Talk had had Rosemary on the week before I was on talking about the conference. And she doesn't ever slow down, ever. I mean, ever. And I've known Rosemary for pretty much about as long as I've been interested in this field. I was familiar with Rosemary and got to know her. And she never takes a break, ever. Um, she's always got something new that she's working on. I mean, she goes out, she explores. Um, she's just not an armchair researcher. I mean, it's UFOs, it's Bigfoot, it's ghosts, it's fairies. You name it, she can tell you something about it. So tomorrow she's going to be presenting, and again, another reason that you want to be here in the morning. She's going to be presenting about the strangest cases that she's ever been involved with. And as for as long as she's been doing it and the weird That's stuff she's be been involved in, I know. So she's going to be doing that tomorrow. So she also has two after-hour events. I cannot tell you if anything is left. I know that the Dumb Supper uh, tomorrow night has been sold out for several months. Um, you can get on the waiting list for that. But I know that her Black Scrying workshop tonight had a couple of spots. But Julie, Julie said there's one left one. now. So if you want it, you should get it. Um, Next on the list, um, in the afternoon after, after I speak, which I'm glad because I didn't want to have to follow either Colin or Sarah, um, Colin Dickey wrote what is, has been my favorite, one of my favorite ghost books of the last probably decade. There were two that I've read that I really liked over the last couple of years. Um, one was The Witch of Lime Street, which we both read. The other one is called Ghostland. Have you read this book? Okay, oh man. I just said I Colin, I hope you brought a lot of books, man. Um, because you guys, you have to buy this book. I'm not kidding. This book is fantastic. Um, but anyway, I'll let Colin present tomorrow, and then you'll be convinced. But I gotta tell you, honestly, I've been pushing this book for like two years now since it came out because I read it and it was like my favorite, and it still is, one of my favorite ghost books or ghost haunted history related books that I've read in years. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, but Colin will be up tomorrow afternoon, followed by Sarah Chavez. And um, I got to tell you, and I, I'm not embarrassed to say this because Sarah's sitting in here, but I've been stalking her in a nice way for a couple of years. Um, I, I, you know, will follow her stuff on social media. And so, and we had a friend in common, which was maybe seem less creepy because Lauren could kind of, you know, vouch for me. You know, he's okay, you know. Um, so, but I was really excited when I asked Sarah to come, and Sarah is, has been involved in um, the death positive movement for a long time, 
and involved in a lot of folklore, a lot of ghost-related stuff, and a lot of death-related stuff. She's part of the Order of the Deaf, and she really knows her stuff. And so when she said, you know, I sent her a message, and she said, oh, sure. See, you guys don't understand what that's like. It really is exciting when people that you really admire, you know, will just say, oh, sure, you know, what the heck, I'll come speak at the conference. So it's exciting, and so I'm really thrilled to have her here. Um, we also have, you know, as I mentioned, we, we, you know, we do have workshops that we do as well. Um, so I'm going to point out April, um, who is doing um, her Disconnected from Death workshop. You may have heard of this book because I keep talking about it because April is something that has been a passion of hers for years that she's been working on this, this book about death traditions and how we've gotten away from death. And she asked me to help her with it, I mean, to, do, to contribute some stuff, which was a lot of fun. Uh, because it's not something I normally write about, and, uh, but it's something I was interested in. So I, was, I felt really lucky to get it. I mean, April is also our friend. She also is our office manager designs all my covers, and now she's a co-author too. So uh, we're thrilled to have her here doing a workshop tomorrow night about death customs, rituals, traditions, post-mortem photographs, all that stuff. So it is, oh, it's tonight. It's tonight, not tomorrow night, it's tonight. So if you uh, are interested in that, again, talk to Julie. Um, you'll get, if you're interested in the book, you'll get really a deep dive into some of that material tonight. Uh, during the, the program. April also does, um, as I mentioned, she's also an art designer. She also did a skull for the raffle again this year. Um, she does these, I'm sure a lot of you probably have seen them online, does these really cool um, skulls. And no, they weren't actually anyone. Actually, yes, they were. They were past people who came to the conference who complained. So now we use their skulls uh, for April's projects. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, but that is part of the raffle this weekend. Um, also with April, I also wanted to introduce you to a couple of people who came with her this year for the very first time, who again, all of us who, if you follow our stuff and you're online and you're on our, our social media stuff, you're familiar with April's daughters, Madison and Jordan, who both came this year. So we're happy to have them here. Um, so, and everybody who uh, was part of a little side project that we have that got them there, I'll just say thank you, and you know who you are, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, Maddie probably will be selling raffle tickets this weekend at some point. Um, I don't think I could talk Jordan into that if my life depended on it, but that's okay. She'll be around, so she will be around with, with her mom throughout the weekend. So. I also, I don't think Sarah is in here, but Sarah Soderlund is back again this year. I know you guys always like it when Sarah's here. She's the one who usually gets you out of bed on Saturday morning. Um, I usually stick Sarah in that spot because for some reason she is like strangely awake. I'm guessing it's because she has small children. So early in the morning, she's like bizarrely awake. So she's always great to have first thing in the morning. but. Um, so we wanted her back this year. We always get great feedback about how much they enjoy Sarah. So she's doing a workshop tomorrow night, um, and I think, and there she is. And You're talking about me. Yes, I am. And so she is doing a workshop tomorrow night on spirit photography that we're, she's holding, doing that at the Mineral Springs Hotel a little earlier in the evening before the ghost night. There were just a handful of spots left for that. I don't know if there are now or not. Um, again, Julie's gone, so you got to talk to you got to talk to Julie about that. So, 
Um, and also, um, one of the longtime staples of the conference, of course, has always been our Friday Night Strange Stuff uh, with Luke Malaborski and Led Adams, and I don't know where they are. Oh, there they are. Um, so they will be, uh, be jumping into that, and Cody, Beck, and I, um, who do the American Hauntings podcast, oh, we're going to horn in on that just a little bit, because, well, mostly because for the last six months we've been promising everybody that we would do a live podcast from the conference, because we did one at Dead of Winter, and we didn't, no one went to sleep, so we thought it might be safe to do another one here, um, but we're really not doing a whole lot, but it'll be fun anyway. Um, that's kind of the, no that's kind of the, our entire, yeah, our entire thing is, yeah, no Lux jokes this year, yeah, or not at the conference anyway. Um, so we'll be starting up Strange Stuff here in just a few minutes. Um, Luke and Lynn both have tables in the vendor's room again this year. Um, Cody has got a table for the podcast. Um, so last year at this time, we actually had a podcast last year. I know most people don't realize that, but we actually did. Um, I don't think we'd actually ever released anything yet. Yeah, we just had done it just for ourselves. Um, but we had actually put it out after the conference, and uh, I think we're up to like 25 shows now, I think, which is not bad for us. If you knew how little Cody and I like to work, um, you would understand that is a lot. Um, but we do have a couple of 100,000 downloads, which is kind of fun, too. So um, it's exciting for us because we really don't, I don't understand it at all. Cody is starting to understand it. It was a new thing for us. Um, so anyway, but I did want to say, and I know Cody will mention this when we get ready to do the podcast, that um, stop by the table because Cody is, if you've got a ghost story, he wants to, you to tell it to him. Um, so anytime, stop by the table at any time this weekend, and Cody wants to talk to you. And I'll let him you know, embellish that a little bit in a few minutes. So after Strange Stuff, we're going to do the speakers panel again. And um, some of you may remember years ago, this used to be the monster panel. You know, we talked about monsters. And then everybody just asked questions about everything. So we dropped the monster thing and just made it a speakers panel. Panel. Um, you can talk about ghosts, oddities, monsters, whatever you want. Um, I used to get up and say that when we get to the speakers panel that you're not allowed to talk about aliens. I, do you remember this? I always said no aliens. And then for whatever reason, that seemed to be like the only thing like a few people remembered about the whole thing was that, yeah, Troy Taylor said, you can't talk about aliens. So I'm not going to say that this year. I won't, I won't tell you you can't talk about aliens. Um, so everybody who complained about it, uh, I, I'm not going to say that. You can talk about whatever you want, but no aliens. Um, actually, no. Actually, I don't care about aliens. But I am going to say this, and this is the only time I'm going to say anything like this the entire weekend. This is the entire weekend. Um, no politics. None. This is, this is a politics-free event. If you want to talk about it in your room, or you want to sit in the bar and talk about it with two people, fine. But I'd rather you didn't. So this is a weekend. This is our escapist weekend. That's why we're all here to not have to deal with real life. So let's not, okay? We're here to deal with afterlife. Right, exactly. So don't, yeah. So anyway, we have Scott and Amber and Bonnie from Ghostly Talk again to host the panel, um, which was great. We, we got them to come back for our 20th anniversary. Ghostly Talk was always a big part of our conferences through the late 90s and early 2000s, and then they just sort of decided to stop doing it. And so Amber and Bonnie and I 
decided that they were going to come back without telling Scott. Um, and then Amber told Scott, because you can do that, because that's Scott's girlfriend. So <laughs> it could get away with that kind of thing. And so we got Scott back, and then he decided that it was fun, and they started the show again. So if you haven't listened to Ghostly Talk, you should, because it is a lot of fun. And it's better in my, again, and again, not, same thing I told you the other day, not blowing the smoke. It really is better than it's ever been. I mean, it really is, because it's, it's not work anymore, it's fun. So we are, um, we're giving you just a little bit of an intro here about the podcast. Cody and I have been planning on doing this for a while now. Uh, we thought it would be fun to do a um, live, live recording here at the, at the conference. Uh, we did one at the Dead of Winter. Um, for those of you who attended our Dead of Winter event back in February at the Mineral Springs, Cody and I put together kind of more like our standard podcast, which is a sort of historical ghost story monologue followed by uh, a chat. Uh, but we wanted to kind of meld it in with what Luke and Lynn are already doing with Strange Stuff. So we just have just sort of a little bit of an intro here. Um, and it, it, it will be recorded. You can listen to it on Tuesday um, on the podcast next Tuesday. We'll have it ready to go. So anyway, here is our, here's our intro. Welcome to the latest episode of American Hauntings, the podcast dedicated to the history, hauntings, legends, and lore of America's past. Hosted by Cody Beck and Troy Taylor, this episode was recorded live at the 22nd Annual Haunted America Conference in Alton, Illinois over the weekend of June 22nd through 23rd, 2018. What you are about to hear, any mistakes at all, is the sole responsibility of the podcast hosts who take full blame for the disaster which may or may not happen, because we don't really know, especially when you get these two involved. So we, we, we're bad enough. Add them in, you never know. So anyway, um, I'll introduce you to Cody, who a lot of you may not know yet. Um, Cody was here at the conference last year. We had set up a table for the uh, podcast, but we didn't actually have a podcast yet. Um, we had recorded it, but none of you had heard it yet. Um, so um, Cody, and we'll talk a little bit more about what we're going to do here over the weekend. But um, anyway, Cody back, for those of you who haven't done it Thank you very much. Can you hear me out of this? Yeah, you're good. All right, good. I don't like how we kind of split the blame there. Uh, <laughs> if anything it has to go wrong. It's usually my fault. Uh, but no, thank you all so much for coming. As Troy mentioned earlier, uh, as Troy mentioned earlier, thank you. Now I feel normal. Uh, last year was my first conference, and it was three days before our first podcast episode came out. So I had no idea what to expect. I was very new to this community, to this whole concept, and uh, you know. You mentioned you know no politics earlier, and I totally agree with that. I just want to say thank you all for being so open and welcoming, and just a great crowd. I, I feel accepted here. I feel like I can say whatever I want. Gallows humor goes, and it, it's great. So give it up for yourself. Thank you so much. For that. that really means a lot. All right. Well, let me give you a quick explanation about strange stuff that we put together. As always, we officially start the conference off with Strange Stuff, which was created back in 2002 by my great friend John Brill, who envisioned an opening session at the event for those who wanted to interact and participate in the conference, and sort of to break the ice. Unfortunately, John's health began to deteriorate, and he passed the mantle on to Lynn and to Luke, who are continuing it again this year. John has since passed away, but we continue this session each year in his honor. 
Uh, he was always one of the great supporters of both the conference and American Hauntings, and we're pretty damn sure he's still out there listening to all of you share your stories. I'd say that's a guarantee. So I want to introduce you to my friends, um, Luke Nalaborski and Oh, and Lynn. Oh, no, I'm sorry. And Lynn Adams. These two guys have been with me almost since the beginning here in Alton. Um, they um, are great tour guides. They are great friends. And they have been involved in pretty much anything we do and have done whatever we've asked them to do. And I can remember when Lynn first started as a tour guide, he had absolutely zero training. He'd come on a tour a couple of times. And I had an emergency come up, and I called him because we just kind of had hit it off as friends. And I called him, and I said, how would you feel about doing a ghost tour? And um, if you knew this guy, if you knew him personally, you'd understand why he immediately said, yeah, sure, that sounds like fun, and came and did it. And has never really ever stopped since. Um, Luke has always been the same way. I don't think you didn't start off doing ghost tours, but you got into it pretty early. And... Um, you know, both of them do their own things. Lynn is an actor, um, a, a very good one, as a matter of fact, um, down in Lebanon, Illinois. Um, and Luke has a store that he opened in Belleville, which I'm really proud to, to say that we're his friend. He has a great, really cool little toy store, which you probably noticed that if you walked by his booth. Um, and so we're always thrilled to have him and have him here and carrying on. Um, John Brill's tradition of strange stuff. So I'm going to turn things over to them. Hello. I don't think we're on. Hey, we're not on. Oh. Hey, Allison. Can you help us? Uh, it's Mike's. So I'm going to hit your brother's thing. So can you turn it back on? Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right, here, take this for now. <laughs> Could, yeah. you, could you grab Mike and have him turn Yes, I'll on. grab him. Okay. See, I told you. I told you this wouldn't go smooth. So, no, you're good. I'm trying to step over here. Oh, now we're good. We're good. Allison, we got it. We're good. Yep, we're good. No, mine's dead. Take that one. Mine's dead. I think that was by design. <laughs> Luke did it. So. I did. Well, after those intros, we have about three minutes. I think, uh, yeah. so. They get longer every year. Anyway, welcome to everybody. Uh, thank you for coming. Uh, this is Luke. I am Len. And uh, for those of you who are new to the conference, don't worry. We haven't heard of you either. <laughs> so uh, we're going to kick this sucker off. Oh, just uh, this is a new presentation. For those of you in the first three rows, you may get wet on this ride. So be prepared. Hey, you'll go in. What up, Luke? I got something to say. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. I just wanted to do that. So, <laughs> you guys are uh, NWA fans? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start out here called IWA. It's Investigators with Attitude. So. <laughs> he made me say that. I had no clue what we're talking about. I really hope people know what I mean by this. So. We're not going to rap, though, because much like uh, Troy's singing, we're rapping. Although we could do R&B. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> I sang on stage. That's why they have me do comedy. So, guys, what we were thinking is a lot of times whenever we do our presentation, the whole idea behind Strange Stuff is to get you guys involved in the conference. Um, a lot of times when you go to paranormal conferences, you just have to sit there and listen to the speakers. And what we like to do is give you guys an opportunity to tell your own stories. And uh, it opens up for you guys, makes you feel welcome into the, the uh, 
conference makes you feel like you're part of the conference to do this. Uh, so this is John Brill's thing. This is how he did it. He loved hearing everybody's story, and we're trying to continue that tradition. Um, so a lot of times we'll kind of discuss what we wanted to talk about, and you know, kind of throw a couple ideas out there, and then hope that you guys can actually continue on with those ideas and tell us your own experiences. Um, so Len had this idea of what he wanted to talk about, and he's older than me, so I let him choose. I'm older and fatter. I wanted to lose 50 pounds for the conference. I only have 70 to go. <laughs> our idea, our idea was to uh, talk about uh, animal spirits. Now this is something, I knew animals were involved. Uh, they seem to be in a lot of residual haunting. Oh, strike a pose. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Anyway, uh, we wanted something a little different, and this is something that we've both been involved with. I always wondered how animals, I always believe, you know, with our human emotions, that it often leads, leads to a haunting, the energy that we give off. Well, why couldn't this happen with our animals? So the animals I observed most closely were my dogs over the years. I've had uh, many, I'm a dog person. Now forget politics, I'm a dog person. You're a cat person, I'll tolerate you, but that's it. <laughs> this was uh, March of 2005. Uh, my wife and I uh, actually had our first new, first house built. It was brand new. We were very excited. And on the, um, the day before, when I was packing up everything at the old house, I had the ranch house with the basement was all finished and all that stuff. Everything was packed except the computer. Of course, we didn't have laptops or the cell phones, or I didn't have any of that stuff. So I had the stationary computer. Well, that was the last thing I wanted to pack up. Well, at the time, I had a Scottish Terrier. She was a couple years old. Yeah, I had her stuff. No, no. <laughs> no uh, her name was Maggie. Now Maggie, before I had her, she had an older sister, another Scotty, Molly. Well, Molly had passed away two years before. So I'm down and I'm sitting at the computer. I wanted to look at a few things before I packed it up, turned it off, packed it up. Maggie comes down and sits between my legs. Any of you that have had a Scottish Terrier, a West Highland Terrier, Karen, you know what that hair feels like, that wiry hair. It has its own distinct uh, feel to it. So I'm down, sitting at the computer, and I'm petting the dog, petting away. All of a sudden, from the stairs behind me, I hear, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. It was Maggie coming down the staircase. And I looked between my legs, and there was no dog there. There was nothing there. Nothing. <laughs> I'm going to super glue you to the bedroom. That was a good one. That was a good one. So anyway, I went up, and I asked my wife, uh, was was uh, Maggie with you the whole time? Now my wife will call her Kim, because that's her name. And I asked Kim if, if, and she said no, Maggie was with her the whole time. And I'm thinking, okay, this is kind of weird. 
So it's the next morning, I'm finally putting the last pieces of the computer away downstairs, and I turn. There's Molly, who had died two years before. She's going through the room at the side. She stops. She turns and looks at me, and then disappears around the corner. Well, I went chasing after her, and of course, no dog was there. I ran up to tell Kim, and the other dog, Maggie, had been up with Kim the whole time. And I thought, okay, this is really weird. Maybe she came to say goodbye because this was her house and we were leaving. So I always have two dogs at one time because I don't think it's fair just to have the one. They have to have a four-legged buddy. That's the way I've always felt. And they're always like my kids. So we're in the new house and we got Maggie a buddy. We got a Corgi. <laughs> Not this one, a real one. Her name was Kaylee, and they were instant buddies. So we're in the house for several years. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, things start to get to have a different feel in the house. So I'm walking by the, uh, I'm on the first floor. I look up the staircase, and staring down at me was Molly, the dog from the other house, who had been dead. And I thought, this is strange. Kim started seeing her. We saw her in the house for three days. And then Maggie died. This is tough. So anyway, I thought not only was it, I didn't think it was so weird that Molly came back for Maggie. But Molly had never been in this house. She had no association with it. We were in a different town. I thought, that's weird, but that's so cool at the same time. So now, my Scotties are gone. Kaylee needs a buddy. <laughs> my wife had us get a Labrador. <laughs> Darby. <laughs> Darby is now a 60-pound puppy. Wow, she's four years old. But again, they're instant, instant buddies. A couple years passed, two years exactly. Actually, no, it was less. It was a little over a year, if I get the timeline right. All of a sudden, we start seeing Maggie, her ghost in the house. And it's like, what the heck is going on here? I looked at my wife and I said, shit. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa, you let the genie out of the bottle. <laughs> so anyway, we're seeing... And it was a couple days later, Kaylee dies. You guys are tough. It's making it really tough. And you know the thing that was really weird? I'm burying Kaylee. And Darby, who never did anything like this, she comes around. What is she laid down 15 feet from the grave and let out. Remember Lady in the Tramp when the dog got hit by the cart? And that one dog let out the car. That's what she did. And I mean, it just, just cut my guts out. So now we have Darby. She's four years old. We have a golden doodle, Miss Phoebe Buffet. They are actually, they don't look anything alike, but they're half sisters because the poodle was the dad for both. So they do have that bond. 
They're very young, so they should be with me a long time. But I am going to keep, I am going to monitor that situation. If I start seeing Kaylee at any time, I'm going to be like, oh, crap, I'm taking them both to the vet. Because <laughs> something is going on that, that I don't want to happen. Wow. Next. Yes. Yeah, so I know a lot of you guys kind of got sobby and emotional for Len, but let me tell you what kind of a guy Len is. Okay. This is one of the animal stories that, that I could think of. Anytime that Len and I would do investigations together, if there was some kind of a dark crevice or a little doorway or a place like that, I was always the one who had to go through them to, to investigate. So yeah. And one of the houses that we did here in Bell, or here in Bell, in Bell Illinois, uh, there was an attic and you kept hearing all these noises in the attic. So of course I was the one who had to go up and check it out. And I remember climbing up this little ladder and then sliding the door across and then for some reason, if you ever do this, don't go like up and look at the, uh, the attic with your mouth open. Because when I slid it over, all this bat crap and pigeon poop all went in my mouth, down my shirt, and uh, yeah, and I'm coming down spitting all this stuff out, and he's busting up laughing. It was hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, great, great moment. And uh, it doesn't taste good. It really doesn't. You know, Solano is not good. Um, so that was one animal story. The other animal story, which is very actually similar to Len's, um, we, whenever my wife and I first started dating and moved in together, we got our first dog. Uh, it was a Pomeranian, and we named him Colby Jack after my favorite cheese. And uh, we had him for probably about nine years, and unfortunately he passed away. Oddly enough, actually at one of the conferences, my wife called and said he wasn't doing well and he needed to come home. So I ended up coming up. I think I left a little bit earlier than normal just to go home, and, and then unfortunately we had to put him down. But it was about two weeks after he had passed away, we were lying in bed, and I actually saw him like jump up at the foot of our bed, walk across our bed, and then go right through the wall. And where he went through the wall, there's a window there, and he's actually buried right underneath that window. So that was like the last time that I saw him, and, and I feel a little choked up now, but very emotional. So, pass off to you. Okay. It's not a dog, but my mother-in-law passed away three years ago. <laughs> She shows up, she shows up on her birthday at our house. There's footsteps everywhere and things are moving, it's, it's crazy. He hung up down the stairs between his legs. That was my mother-in-law falling down the stairs is what it was. So guys, this is where we kind of open it up to you. Uh, you know, we just like to throw a few stories out there to kind of get the ball rolling. So if anybody has any stories that fit that, uh, that kind of storyline, I mean, not necessarily where the direction we started going, but kind of earlier on. Um, we'd love to hear your stories, and obviously if we don't have any feedback, then we're just going to keep talking and telling other stories. So, I see Anna, you're going to have to probably come up here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lisa Crick from Indianapolis. <laughs> they won't do it. Um, I have two animal stories, both my dogs, because I'm a dog person too, cat. Um, <laughs> My first dog, Scamper Marie, um, passed away. And after she passed away, I got a German Shepherd. And I was traveling back and forth from here to California a lot. And I had to kennel my dog. So I came home and I was only gonna be home for a couple of days. I didn't wanna get her out and then put her back to the kennel because I thought that would upset her. So I came home, I was home by myself. I'm laying in the bedroom. I hear the dog tags jingle. You know how they, they'll do on their um, collar. And I'm like, that's kind of weird because I'm here by myself. 
And then I hear trot, trot, trot down the hallway, jumped up on the bed, and I could actually feel the dog jump up on the bed, circle around behind me, and lay behind my knees. And that was Scamper Marie coming back to protect me because I didn't have my dog with me. And she did that a couple of different places, and she would follow me from house to house as well, even places that she wasn't, she never lived. So that was pretty cool. And then when I had my German Shepherd, I got a boy dog for her because she needed a companion. I felt like you did. I'm like, she needs, she needs a boy dog to hang around with. So I had Shelby Elizabeth, my shepherd, and Macklin James, my boy lab, and yes, they all have middle names because they're my kids. So when I had Shelby for 17 years, and then she just, her body gave out on her and she left. And it took me a while to get another dog, but then I got another black German Shepherd named Chloe May. And when Chloe May came home, the day she came home, we were sitting in the living room on the floor. I was sitting with Macklin and Chloe, and we had a stinking cat at the time too. Um, uh, yeah, Cooper. So we were all sitting on the floor in the living room, and we heard the house that we were in at that time. It, you could circle from the living room to the kitchen to the dining room and back to the living room again. You could just like go in a complete circle and there were hardwood floors. So we're sitting there and we hear in the dining room, click, 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 click on the floor with these toenails and all of us looked up into the dining room. And as they came around the corner, there was nothing there. So we just thought Shelby Elizabeth came back to check out the new chick to make sure she was okay for Macklin. But, to me, that's very comforting to know that my pets are coming back to check on me and to say hello. And so I'm throwing it out here, Macklin James. You still haven't come to see your mama. You come see your mama. Thanks. Thank you, Lisa. Those giant birds are real. One of them devastated my car yesterday. <laughs> Guys, does anybody else have any more stories that you'd like to add? If not, um, Glenn and I have a couple fresh stories, uh, not necessarily animal related, but uh, buildings that weren't involved in that we could tell you guys real quick before we wrap this up. I know we're already kind of pushing the, our limits. Cool. I guess okay, you don't want to give anybody else a chance. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Troy mentioned my store. Uh, my store's called I Had That, and I sell vintage toys from the 70s and 80s, toys I grew up with, and um, it's the greatest feeling in the world when people come to the store and they look at something like, oh, I had that. Um, one of my favorite ones is the Fisher-Price McDonald's place. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, but I had one of those on my shelf in the box, and I don't know how many times people came in, and it would just bring back so many memories, and I think it's a really cool feeling. So that's why I wanted to open up the store. But the reason I bring it up is one, selfish promotion, but secondly, is the fact that um, we just moved our location into Belleville, Illinois, and we're in a building from the 1860s. And it's right on Main Street. Um, I'm inside of the shop of another gentleman who runs the sports collectible side, and I'm the toy side. Um, but I don't know if it was wishful thinking for me because I'm into this stuff that the building would actually be haunted, um, but we think it is. And I'm just gonna tell you guys just a few of the things that we've had happen so far. When we were setting everything up inside the building, there's nothing in there, and we're just putting up walls and tearing walls down and things and getting suited for us. And we were trying to find the charger for the battery uh, char or battery packs for the drill. And we're looking everywhere. We couldn't find it. We knew it was there because we had used it, uh, but we couldn't find it. It was getting late. We decided to go ahead and call the night. We're going to come back the next morning. 
Uh, we always go out the back door. There's a real little room you have to walk through to, to get out the back door. And uh, the next morning we came in, opened the door, came walking, and there's the battery charger sitting right in the middle of the floor. I mean, if it was there the night before, we would have seen it, we would have kicked it over or something, but uh, it was like somebody helped us find it. Um, I always think of the uh, the blue men from the Twilight Zone. Yeah, so if you guys ever seen those, they would take things and later they would come back. So um, it's either a ghost or it's the blue men. But the, uh, the other thing that happened um, to me was after we had opened, we have a second floor that's open for retail as well. And uh, my my space is actually right by the stairwell. And if I'm sitting at my desk, I can see upstairs. And I was had got up from my desk, went in the back room, came back out, and I heard a guy talking upstairs. I mean, very clear. And I hate when ghost shows use the term clear as day. And you guys know, every time they hear something on EVP, it's always clear as day. Photos are always clear as day. No, they're not. They're not clear as day. People use that very loosely. This was clear as day, okay? Um, it, was, it sounded like somebody was actually upstairs having a conversation. So when I heard it, I kind of peeked upstairs to see if I could see anybody, but the space goes long. You don't see them unless you're standing right at the top of the stairs. Didn't see anybody there. About 10 minutes had passed, and I didn't hear anybody up there anymore. Nobody ever came downstairs. Uh, that's the only way out is to come down those stairs. And eventually, my, the guy who runs the sports side, he got up and came walking to me, and I said, hey, who's upstairs right now? And he said, nobody, and I said, you sure? And he said, yeah, and then we went up and looked, and of course, there's nobody there. Um, now, again, these are experiences for me, so maybe I'm just, again, wishful thinking that something's going on here. Um, however, Jim, that runs the sports side, he's been having a lot of things happen as well. Um, there was a time where he was downstairs and actually heard a woman's voice saying, are you ready? Um, there was, uh, just recently, last week, he was downstairs at the shop all by himself. He heard somebody running across the floor upstairs, so he came flying upstairs thinking somebody broke in. Nobody there, the doors were still locked. Um, a, lot of, a lot of little things going on, um, so we're actually really excited. So it's, it's one of those ongoing investigations. I think one of my favorite things, I'm sitting here at work, and uh, if you guys, I know in the past I talked about Ghost Radar on the, uh, the nap for your phones. Um, just for fun, I threw that on while I was sitting there working, and at one point the word uh, sweet came up, and then immediately after that was raised, and I was eating my favorite Baby raised potato chips at the time. I'm just saying, it's a true story. And uh, so I don't know if that was any criminal or just coincidence, but pretty crazy. So I'll pass it off to one. Last story from us. Yay! Uh, I do. I hang around Lebanon and Illinois quite a bit because they let me. And but I'm with their historical society. But I'm also the caretaker. I've been the caretaker since 2012 of the Mermaid House in Lebanon, Illinois. This was built in 1830, Captain Lyman Adams, retired sea captain. Over the years, Abraham Lincoln was there. Uh, April of 1842, Charles Dickens, the English author, he spent the night there and wrote about it in a book called American Notes later that year. The, the place is the oldest structure that's left in town. Uh, with me being the caretaker, I'm only the third caretaker since the Historical Society bought that house in uh, 1964. And you don't volunteer, you're chosen. So hopefully 40 years from now, when I can barely do anything, I'll tap somebody on the shoulder and the mantle will be passed. But anyway, this, this is just a, a treasure. It's an absolute treasure. Over Memorial Day weekend, somebody broke into the house. The original back door, all the doors are original to the building. They kicked in the back door one of the back doors. And when they did, the deadbolt evidently, which I didn't know, was just in plaster. 
So that went flying, the molding on the inside of the door all went flying into that room. Whoever broke into the house, in all the dust, they only went in about five feet, turned around and ran out. Now, when I'm there with the police, they showed up and we walk in. The policeman looks at me and he goes, well, I guess one of your ghosts scared him away. Because I documented at least six intelligent entities in that house. That's not counting the several others that come and visit and then leave. So it's, it's a, oh, it's a great place. Being the caretaker, I go in there anytime I want. And you guys, if you call up, we'll go in together. And we'll tell the story. So anyway, I'm thinking, how cool would this have been if the ghost was our burglar alarm, was our security system? So a week later, my uh, brother Tim, who is an electrician, he was coming over to install a brand new motion light on the back of the building. This thing has LED bulbs. It will blind you if you sneak up in the dark. You will have burns on your face. It's just that strong. So I'm in the house and I'm waiting for Tim to show up and I'm just talking to whoever was gonna listen. And I said, I'm so grateful that evidently you took care of the intruders, the people that tried to break into the house. This is your house. I only take care of it. And about 15 feet from me, it sounded like someone took a sledgehammer and smacked it on the floor. It was so loud. This is the point where normal people would crap their pants and run out. I turn around with a big smile on my face and I go, I take that as a guess. I bet you scared them out. So did they? I don't know. But why did the people break into the house, only go in five feet, and then turn around and run out like crazy? So anyway, uh, that's, I guess that's our time. So thank you very much for listening to us, guys, and having us come back with you. If you love the American Hauntings podcast, then this is your chance to be a part of it. During every episode, we mention that the podcast is just one part of American Hauntings, all of our books and our tours and our ghost hunts and events. And recently, we launched a brand new community on Patreon that gives you the chance to become an American Hauntings VIP. If you decide to do this, We've got tons of rewards. Some of the reward levels include things like discounts from our online store, early access to events, private paranormal meetups at haunted places around the country, private ghost hunts, lectures, tours, even dinners just for our subscribers. We're also going to send you exclusive privately printed books by Troy Taylor, not available to the public. And since you're a VIP, you're going to have free access to some of our events, including the Haunted America Conference. We're also including bonus episodes of this podcast for subscribers only. So if you're one of those listeners who wishes the podcast was every week, this is your chance for new shows each week. To get involved, just go to patreon.com slash American Hauntings, or just see the show info for the link.